My name is Michael Driver. I'm a UK-based comedian and I love music. So I've asked some friends of mine to tell us about their favourite tracks and make us a mixtape. This is Mixtapes with Mike. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mixtapes with Mike, the podcast where I invite a guest to make us a mixtape of 10 tracks without using the same artist more than once. You're going to hear us talk about each song for a little bit, and if you like the sound of what you hear, you can listen to the mixtape in full by clicking the link in the show notes for this podcast, or you can find those links at the Facebook page for Mixtapes with Mike. This week's guest is uh, our first international guest, and it is Aisha Alpha. How you doing? Hi. Hi, I'm good. I'm like, first international guest? I mean, I know it's a podcast, so they can't hear me just flicking my hair everywhere, but... Um, that's awesome. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. No, no, it's like, I mean, it's like the one thing that the lockdown's kind of brought around is that everyone's open to doing things, you know? Um, so like, <laughs> Definitely. So the first, first time I did the, first time I released this podcast back in 2017, I put loads of pressure on myself to, to do all the interviews face to face, which is an obstacle in itself. But then like with everything that's been going on and the technology's made it really easy just to talk to people wherever, whenever, yeah. um, and the audio And it's bad. encouraging for other people because if someone has to drive and meet and all these things, it's harder. Whereas I'm in my bedroom with my laundry in the back. So, yay, this is easy. That's fine. <laughs> I'm, you know, th this might look cool with all the instruments and stuff, but I'm in my garage. That's it. Oh, no, nice. that's a cool. I'm like, I, I'm still trying to figure out, because I'm doing all these shows and things like that, like virtually. I'm trying to figure out where the best place to get light on my face and also hide my laundry in the back, like with a cool background. You know, I'm trying to get like, I need a big plant to be on this side and a big like, you know, lamp over are here. They, are they all Zoom shows that you're doing? There's a lot of Zoom shows. Yesterday I did, um, it's a Canadian show called Because News and it's like a news quiz show, which is really okay. fun. So they use some video and then it's a podcast as well. So okay. um, it's mostly, yeah, but there are Zoom shows that are happening. Um, Sometimes they'll send you actually though a background where you can put like it's like a you know a brick wall with the the ladies' room like the name of the comedy show on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like so, we were doing like before all this happened. We were doing like conference calls uh, from my day job, and I would purposely sit in my kid's bedroom because he had a mm. solid wall, and I could use the green screen thing on it. Nice, yeah, yeah. So, like, I, was, <laughs> I was jumping into conference calls with surrounded by crates of Corona beer. <laughs> Another meeting, I was sat in a Chinese wet market, which didn't go down very well. So. <laughs> you could be anywhere, though. Like, this, this yep. could be useful for when you go back to work. You're like, I'm just going to work from home. And then you've got, like, an office background. But really, you're on vacation in, like, Spain. You know what I mean? You're on the beach. And why, why can we hear waves and birds? <laughs> yeah. All right. So because uh, the internet has made this dead easy to get hold of people, like, we, this is the first time we've spoken properly. Uh, yeah. I just uh, I messaged you out of the blue on Instagram, told you the concept, and you were into it. So here you are. This is the coolest. I'm like I love. I, I mean, everyone loves music. Everyone loves hearing people's music suggestions and hearing people you've never heard before and stuff. And it just gives you an insight. And I was like, this is gonna be so fun. And it was so hard. Oh my gosh, only ten songs, and you can't repeat anybody. I was like, this is gonna be a breeze. And literally, I mean, you know, I was like, I'll send it to you this week. I swear, I'm gonna send it to you tomorrow because I was just like going back and forth, could not figure out. I'm like, do I make it a pump up one? Do I make it something that's meaningful? Like, what is it that I'm working on? So you're gonna see, it's a real mishmash, but it's yeah, everyone, everyone says that. Everyone's just like, 
this was way harder than I thought it was going to be. Yes. It's, do people try and be like, but Mike, just let me, let me do 12. Okay, let me do 12 songs. You could, you know. And uh, no, like pe people, people tend to rules. stick to the rule. The only, the only person who bent the rules was uh, a, a skateboarder and sort of spoken word poet guy that I know who put iced tea in a, a one number followed by Body Count, which is Ice-T's metal band. So he figured um, out a way to get two Ice-T tracks on there. He, that, very clever, very clever skateboard man. But, but you, you, kinda, you had to give it to him, so. <laughs> um, so, but you are a stand-up comedian. I am a stand-up comedian. I also act um, and host and write. But right now, the only real outward thing is stand-up comedy because of the album and all these Zoom shows. Well, I, li I listened to the album today. What did you think? Loved it. Really enjoyed it. I love the stuff of, I love the stuff about your parents meeting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought the the stuff about the bachelorette party was hilarious too. That's all it's so funny because my, my girlfriends were like, We thought that everything that happened in Vegas did in Vegas for real. And now you're on stage and now it's like out there for everybody talking about what we did. <laughs> I went there um, because I wanted to see the thunder from Down Under with my girls. Yes. One person has gone. Everybody should go. If you haven't, if you haven't been to the thunder from Down Under, it is, um, it's a male review. And it's not just strippers. It's a lot more than that, okay? <laughs> Way more meaningful. There's like choreography. There's costume changes. There's pyrotechnics. They light their pubes on fire. It was amazing. We went, a group of ladies, and it was one of the most uniting experiences I've ever been to in my life. Like a whole theater, 400 women, different walks of life, different ages, different backgrounds, and we all became one. One horny monster. As soon as they turned those lights down, everyone was like, eh, show us balls. There's other, like when I first came back, I had other stories I used to tell, which I cut out. So I was like, man, this should probably be a, you know, a confidential <laughs> mark for friends. Well, just the thing is, like, if, something, if something interesting happens to you, you're like, yeah, this is gonna have to be talked yeah. about. Well, and for me, I often, like, I'm not a great, like write down a joke and then go say it. Like, I just kind of talk on stage and stuff comes out, but I'm like, I'm gonna talk about this thing. And I work it out. And then, so a lot of it's just like, like off the top of my head the first time and then I build on it. Yep. So when I came back from Vegas, I was like, oh, I got things to talk about. Let's do this. You know, so there was a lot that came from there. But yeah, there's so much funny in everyone's family and just being a mixed race woman and being an immigrant twice and all these different, yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot of stuff there. What else will I talk about forever for the rest of my life? Nobody well, knows. yeah, this is it. <laughs> like, when I, before, before I, before I, tried doing stand-up before I started doing it. Um, I had this story about uh, when me and my wife first met, mm -hmm. um, which is equal parts hilarious and cringy. Um, and I said to her years later, I was just like, if I ever try stand-up, that story <laughs> is going in. She's like, oh. <laughs> but, uh, does, does your wife tell you not to say certain things? Because I've said things on stage like my husband met me and I was already doing stand-up, so he knew, but he's a very private person. He does not have any social media. He's very inward. He's an introvert. So we like we're opposites in a lot of ways. But I remember telling some stories and he would be like, Do you have to give all of that detail? And then, you know, and I'd have to like rein it in a little bit, but I was like, We gotta find some compromise because uh, I gotta talk about what I gotta talk about. <laughs>
some like me, some things I will run by her. Uh, so like we, you know, like you, I'm gonna say this. Do you have any? She's like, she she kind of rolls her eyes and gets exasperated, and she's like, no. That's a good partner though for a comedian because you know that it's gonna be interesting to people, but they're like on your side. You know, they're not gonna yeah. be like, you can't talk about me on stage because that then you have to lie and because you know you're gonna talk about them. So, in in the special, you talk about the fact that you you recently became mother. So yeah, how, how old your little one? 10 months. No way. Loads of fun. Personality starting to shine through. Oh my gosh. He has so much personality. He's so ridiculously social. He just learned how to wave and he waves at everyone. I'm like, these are your morning eggs. He's like, hi. He just (laughs) loves, he's very social. This is hard. I think going to get harder for him (laughs) because he's now just doing FaceTime with his little pals, which is hilarious to see. Yeah. Like ours is, ours is three. So he's oblivious to what's going on. Mm -hmm. That's good. But doesn't understand why he can't go hug his little cousin totally hard uh, yeah so we're like talking to grandparents at the end of our drive so that we're, there's distance and whatever so yeah but so like how how soon after having your little boy did you get back on stage to do stand-up well I mean the good thing about stand-up is it doesn't matter what you look like so I did stand-up right until I was nine months pregnant um and then I I started going out heavily three months after no no wait way earlier than that <laughs> I did I started going heavily about one month after he was born wow because my special was done um like three and a half months after he was born that's when I filmed and so I was gonna say because I knew I knew it was recorded after the after the birth so yeah. I was just like how, how on earth did you get sort of match fit and sharp in time for that when you've just become a mother that's crazy well, I mean, some of the stuff I, you know, lo- lots of the material is about things other than my kids. So I had, I had been working on that material a lot. And originally, um, when I spoke with All Things Comedy, who is the, the production company on it, I wanted to do it before I had, I had my kid. Um, and we just ran out of time because I got real pregnant. And then I was just like, like, I was kind of like miserable because I'm like, I can't go out and practice as much as I want. So I don't want to do it before. I want to give myself that time. Yeah. So we po- like we decided we would do it afterward. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that a lot of it was I had practiced a lot of it before. I was so eager and excited to do it that when I came back into the world after he was born, I was like sharp again. You know, like I was excited to be out of the house. Yeah, I was yeah, excited yeah. to be back on stage with like a, a fervor that I hadn't had for a while because I was slogging it out trying to get all those hours in and trying to get all those shows in. So it was kind of like a, a spark. Um, and yeah, then <laughs> it's like, will you ever be ready? I still listen to it and I'm like, oh, I should have said this as well. And I forgot this little thing. Like, it's just like, it's never going to be perfect. So you just go and you do it. And and I, I'm super proud of what I, you know, have in the end. So it was good. No, you should be. You should be. It's a really good special. And we'll make sure okay. that all the links are in the, the notes yeah. for the episode when it goes out. Awesome. So we need to talk about music. We get to talk about music. This is awesome. Who's your first track by? First track is by the one and only Tina Turner. Um, and I, when I was growing up, like I didn't, my parents were not super into music. It wasn't like a thing that we like talked about or, you know, they weren't musicians themselves. Um, but Tina Turner was in my world since I was like three, four years old. And I remember even when I was a kid being like, I love Tina Turner. I love her. She dances and her legs go fast. Like I just wanted to be like Tina Turner so badly. 
and you know she had this big hair and she had this just huge personality and she was rock and roll and she was a black woman and it was just like all these things that I didn't even as a kid realize I wanted to be I just loved her like I just absolutely adored Tina Turner um and then you know as you get older you realize the story and the struggle and all that she went through and just a, a couple months ago I actually went I was in New York and I went to the musical Tina that has now been made about Tina Turner's life and got the, to like to relive it all through song and the whole story of her and what she went through with her abuse with Ike Turner and you know leaving and becoming a Buddhist and like basically him taking all of her rights and all of her music and her just starting from scratch again as a cleaning woman and just like coming back to be this absolutely iconic woman who like dominates and on stage and is in the rock and roll hall of fame like she's just so badass um and so this is one of one of her songs that like to me is about her you know it really starts off the first time she performed it was with ike turner she performed it again later on her own album without him which i was like yeah girl go take your song back you know <laughs> i'm like go back out there um but yeah, it's like, it's my one of my favorite karaoke songs to do. It starts off slow and then you just build it up and it just gets me like, again, that image of Tina Turner when I was a kid, her legs move fast, you know? her This goes from slow legs to fast legs. And so little four-year-old Aisha is like in her element with this song. Amazing, so this is? This is Proud Mary. I mean, who doesn't know this song, I think, you know? If you don't know it, you must, you must go out and get, get a, a version of this. Do the later version. Support Tina as Tina and not when she was with Ike. So moving on from Tina Turner, who's up next? Um, next track, track number two. So again, this whole mixtape, I was like, what, what am I going to include? You know, and so I wanted to include a mix of things that I love for dancing and then like also things that inspire me, also things from the different parts of my life. So the next track is by Miriam Makeba, who is a South African um, artist. She's a singer who is like, she was a freedom fighter. She got exiled from South Africa back in the day when there was apartheid and there was all these struggles. And she again is just a badass woman who just goes out and she like stood for stood up for what she believed in. Um, and for me, I'm I was born in Nigeria. I'm half Nigerian, half Canadian. So which you know from listening to the album. But um, she she for me like South Africa for me represents like a bit of you know that Mama Africa nest of me. Whenever I would go back to Nigeria, because um, I grew up in Canada, I, I would go back to Nigeria and I would feel like this, I should be feeling like I'm at home with my people, but I always felt like I stood out because I wasn't black enough, I didn't speak the language. But in Canada, I, you know, I was the black friend and I hadn't had the same experiences as them. And the first time I ever went to South Africa when my father worked there, I was like, oh, I feel like I get it now. Because there's this whole community of people 
who looked like me and who were mixed black and white and had gone through all the same sort of, you know, obviously I hadn't gone through apartheid, but like the feeling that like you are some otherness and that, you know, there was a time where they were illegal um, to be, being mixed was an illegal thing. So um, I have like this connection with South Africa somehow. And it just always felt like good and home and like part of my heart. So having a song by Miriam Makeba was like a big one for me. This is also the song that I, that um, I played after at my wedding after we got married and when we were like doing the we walk out and everyone's excited now it's the the married couple this is a song for me that played us out and every time i hear the song it just makes me happy it's a song about um about party like having a party having a great time and everyone's just having a great time until the sun comes up and we're you know it's a it's a happy super positive song so uh, the song is pacha pacha and there's many versions, but the version I love is a very upbeat, fun, just going out there. It's the name of a song, it's the name of a dance, and she describes that. Basically, it's just a descriptive song of like, Pata Pata is the name of a song we do in Johannesburg way. And you're like, okay, let's do it. Let's party then, let's keep going. And you just follow along and it's great. Okay, so that's Miriam Makeba. I think that's only number two. This is so exciting. I love it. Lots <laughs> to talk about. It's a it's, it's it's a good mixtape as well. I really enjoyed listening to that this afternoon. Oh, good. Thank you. Because like um, uh, with with uh, with Miriam Makeba, I recognised the song, but didn't oh, yeah. know anything about her. So like, listen to the song. I should probably just Google her real quick and went, oh my god, like there's so much there. Yeah. Um. So. She's She's epic, very, very epic. Um, and then, but yeah, the music is just, I'm sure that people have heard something that she's sang before, if you yeah. know any international music, yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's Miriam Makeba. Who are we listening to now? The next song, number three, is good old Sam Cooke. And I'm like, if you, you might think, hmm, Sam Cooke, I don't really think I know many songs. And then you hear his repertoire and you're like, oh snap, oh, this is Sam Cooke. This is also Sam Cooke, oh man, you know? He's one of those, kind of um, musicians. He is just an, we grew up not listening to a lot of music, but the music we did listen to was records in the front room with the velvet couches with my parents and Sam Cooke was always, always, always in that loop. And it, you know, it's it's wholesome music, <laughs> but for the most part, there was one, there was one song, um, she was only 16 and I was always like, hmm, but you know, back in the day, everyone sang about underage girls, so it's fine. But, um, but it's just like really good, wholesome, fun. You can, the whole family can dance to it. And even to this day, when I put on a song, I know every single word of all the songs and it makes me want to have that front living room party that they had back in like the, you know, the fifties or, you know, forties and fifties where everyone's dressed nicely. The women are wearing like their pumps. You're on like a carpeted floor playing the record player and everyone's sort of doing the twist and dancing and you know, nobody has those parties anymore where you just dance in the living room and people aren't making out in corners and high and all this kind of stuff. It was just a really like a punch bowl and a bowl of popcorn. You know, that's the kind of, I want to have a throwback to that. Um, but we used to listen to Sam Cooke all the time and it's just like a part of who I am at this point. Um, yeah, just great music. 
And this song for me was just so fun. I also, I love to dance, like love to dance. Um, and I love to go, you know, to the club and stuff like that. Um, well, back in the day when I didn't have a kid, but I also used to go like salsa dancing all the time. And like, I just love partner dancing. I learned, my brother and I, when we were young, learned how to do ballroom dancing. And like, it was just, we're dance nerds. Um, but this song uh, is about somebody not knowing how to do a dance and then him teaching how to do the dance and then the party's on. We're having a great time again, you know? So it's called Everybody Loves to Cha-Cha-Cha, which is obvious, as we all know, everybody does love to cha-cha-cha. <laughs> but it's about taking a, a, a date to a party, which I think is also just such a lovely concept. Remember when people used to have dates and like, I'm going to the party with my date and she'll dance with me well, and dance like, with me. And... There's, there's so many things like, what you were saying before about the like the, the party with the records and stuff like yeah people don't this makes us sound older than we are but like <laughs> people don't experience music the way they used to you know you used, used at least as far as i know it's not like people are going around to each other's houses and, and playing albums start to finish right yeah and sort of take it or leave it little I'll, I'll take that track and i'll skip that and you know like the whole reason i bought a record player um maybe like two years ago now was that I it, it put me in a position where I had to listen beginning to end and can you imagine like you know how we listen now even this one track at a time singles part of singles can you just imagine how annoying that would have been back in the day with records like with the 45s where you're like okay one song okay now I gotta get back up and change from the record like it's not like you can just skip a song you have to physically go and change the the disc you know or the the record yeah. so it is, there's something beautiful about the patience and the warmth of a record and the time it takes to sit, you know, to put it on and play the whole thing. You flip it once to the B-side, then ooh, it's a whole other like feel for the record. And, and there you go. Okay. I, 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 have a, I have two record players in our house as well, one upstairs and one downstairs, just in case. I have two, but one of them needs a little bit of work because it's, it's running a little bit too fast. But the one I <laughs> everything's just a, like a rock song. No, it's, 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 it's just the tiny, almost imperceivable difference. Right. But you listen to it, and you're like, no, that is running a little bit. So now I have to figure out how to fix it. But like, I had a new record delivered today, so I was all excited. Like new record, like a, nice. it's it's like an old Radiohead album. But like, I was just like, I'm gonna buy that. So I have to listen to it. Yeah. Get excited, went to put it on, and it would appear that my three-year-old has been playing with my turntable because it is skipping all over the place and I can't. Um, so that's something little hands cannot get on. A record player. We weren't allowed to touch our record player back in the day. Well, like I, he 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 just put a record on without me looking the other day. He kind of just. Okay, number one, your kid's cool. Yeah, that just amazing. So, like, I was like, well, look, if you's gonna do it, let me show you how to do it properly, yeah, that's that's a safe fair. way. But, and then I have to go play it today, and it's all over the place, and I can't. So it gives me the image of back in the day when, like, a kid would stuff the peanut butter sandwich into the VCR, and you're like, and there goes all of our entertainment. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> this track is. Everybody loves to cha cha cha. Amazing.
Baby, if you let me take you by the hand, I'm gonna teach this dance to you. Then I told her one, two, ooh, one, two. All right, so following on from Sam Cooke, who's up next? Um, you got to go with the classic salt and pepper. Now, everybody knows salt and pepper. I keep saying this about every artist that I'm putting on. <laughs> like, everybody knows this person. Um, but if you don't, again, you must, must, must go back. If you love the 90s at all, if you love hip hop at all, if you love women at all, then you are going to love salt and pepper. They, I mean, they were just such an um, iconic group, female, hip hop, rap, in like the 80s 90s that there wasn't a ton of that it's not like how now it's just kind of like everyone's doing everything like that was a special thing and not only were they like amazing lyricists and their dj was great but they also like were fashion icons you know these asymmetrical haircuts the jackets and just the style but i mean they also were revolutionary i think in a lot of ways the song that i have is just a fun, you know, fun, sexy, feel-good song. But they also sang things that were important and made people think about, like, the times. Like, that was right after, um, you know, the AIDS crisis in the 80s and, and, and coming into, like, really pushing um, safe sex. And But also they were talking about, like, you don't have to run away from being sexual as a woman you just have to own it. And like they yeah. say that in the song that I'm gonna play here, they, there's lines about that. Like, that doesn't make me a hoe though. You know, I wanted the, the digits, but a hoe, no, that don't make me. Like, that's such a good line to me. Um, but also like they sang, um, let's talk about sex. And I was like, this is a song they wouldn't play on the radio because they said, let's talk about sex, which is just so crazy to me that in a time when we're trying to make sure that everyone's protected, but they're like, but don't talk about it. Like, don't say, nobody should talk about it. And this is exactly why people weren't using condoms and, you know, being yeah. safe. So I just love that they came out and they were like, nah, let's talk about it. Let's put it out there. Safe sex is great. And everyone should be having it if they want to. But like, don't be a dum-dum and do it without a condom, you know? That could have been a line. I should have been a writer. From, don't be a dum-dum and do it without a condom-dum. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I mean, I love, I love salt and pepper. And I think that there's still, I met a guy once at a comedy, it was like a university college conference where they have a bunch of different entertainers come and they try and pick their acts that they want for the year for the college. And so there's a lot of comedy and a lot of music and stuff. And I met a guy who was uh, booking a tour that Salt and Pepper was on. And I like instantly was like, you and I must be best friends. Like, how do I get backstage passes to this? I need to meet them. I need to talk to, I need to, I need to rap this song with them. Um, didn't happen for me, but uh, it's just like, yeah, they're so great. And this song for me, again, is another, probably my first go-to karaoke song at all times because I do not need the lyrics. Uh, and everyone gets hyped when you don't need the lyrics to this song. There's, yeah, there's definitely some, like, when, when, when someone gets up and they nail a song, and I think, I think when they nail it and it's hip hop, that mm -hmm. somehow means more because it's more about the delivery of the words. Um, I, uh, I had a, I recorded an episode of this last week with a friend of mine, local musician to me, and, uh, she put her name down to get up at a hip hop karaoke thing at a music festival. We have that here. In front of 400 people. And because she never thought she'd get called up and she got called up fourth and she did, uh, forgot about Dre. Oh, wow. And when she nailed, nailed it, it, the crowd went, 
fucking mental. Uh, and I've got her to send me the video so I can incorporate it into the promo for her episode. That's amazing. Yeah. And I'm sure it's the same thing, but here and in, when I did in Canada, for hip hop, hip hop karaoke, there there's no monitor where you're reading the lyrics. I don't know if it was the same there, but for ours, there's no monitor. So it's like, it's literally for people who like, who they're like, this is my song. This is the song I know every word to. When it comes on, I sing every single word and everyone thinks I know every word, but they don't because I know them all. And then they go up and they nail it. It's the best. And like, you know, things like, like, throughout about Dre, like things where there's like a bit of like some pace to it too at times. It's like really, it's fun to watch people nail that. So this is a good song because if you can nail it, because a lot of people think they know all the words to the song and then it gets to certain parts and you're like, like, it's just, you forget that there's a whole other section you didn't think about. So, um, the song is Shoop. Shoop, shoop, baby. And what is a shoop? Nobody really knows. Nobody cares. Nobody needs to know. It's a great song. <laughs> but yeah, a great song about like, just owning your sexual prowess. Like they're like, you come over here. No, 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 brother, not you, you. The guy with the big old dick that makes his legs have people. Like they're just like, I want you. I love the directness of this song. It's so great. All right, so following on from Salt and Pepper, um, who have we got next? Song number five comes from Prince. And, oh, rest in peace, my love. Um, I, yeah, I mean, what do you say about Prince? There's nothing that hasn't been already said. He's just, for me, I love, like he's from Minneapolis which if you're from somewhere else, Minneapolis is like actually a great music city, but it's not like Los Angeles or New York. It's like, I grew up in Canada, just north of where Minneapolis is. And it's very, very cold in the winter time. And like, nobody goes there for vacation. It's not like a you know travel destination. And so for somebody like Prince to come out of Minneapolis is sort of mind blowing. The fact that he's not just an alien that came to earth with David Bowie, like hand in hand to like, you know, make the world a better place is kind of mind blowing as well. But um, I just love, I mean, he is somebody when you, when you watch him play live, um, if you, if you listen to his music, if you see video of him, like even rehearsing, it's like, he is a performer to the max. He is exactly who he is. He's one of those people who like, he was what, like five foot three or something. He was really short. He was tiny. He wore heels. He was kind of like, was he a was he a man? Was he a woman? Was he gay? Was he straight? Like he has songs about that, um, and he appealed to everybody. Like everyone loved Prince. Everyone was a little bit, you know, saucy turned on by Prince. Like low key, high key, whatever it is. And when you Prince think gets about, everyone going. And when you think about like back in the eighties, like. Not, not many people got a pass to be androgynous right. like that. But, no, I mean, like, but he's no, just so authentic that people were like, yeah, this is this guy. We can't put him in a box and we don't need to. We don't want to. Like, let him shine. Let him be Prince, you yeah. know? The fact that he was like, I'm Prince, and he became world insanely famous and then had the argument with his record company and was like, all right, fine, I'm not Prince anymore. Like... He was just like, it's not the name that anyone cares about, it's me. Like, you know, I'm just gonna be a symbol that nobody knows what it is, and you're still gonna be one of the best 
most legendary artists that's ever lived. Like it's just mind blowing. Did you ever? Uh, Do you ever see the the bit where Kevin Smith talks about when he made a documentary for him? No. It's it's on an evening. It's on one of the evenings with Kevin Smith. Uh huh. Um, and he said it was crazy. It was it was a little bit like joining a cult. Um, <laughs> And he, and he makes this whole documentary and all oh, right so when when are they when are they going to release it it's like oh no no it's just going to be put in the vault like, what <laughs> oh no there's like hundreds of albums in there yeah that, that you know won't be released for for years there's just this massive back catalog of work because he never stopped i know it's just crazy there's actually right now the prince estate um for the next three days i think or something has released um, Prince and the Revolution Live, the 1985 concert um, that was happening in New York. It's playing like right now uh, for the next three days for free on YouTube in full. Amazing. And when I heard this, I was like freaking out because I'm like, you know, I, 1985, I wasn't old enough to go to a, a concert. I wasn't like, I lived in Canada. My parents didn't know music. I, they probably had never played Prince ever in our home. So that's something I miss out on, but it's kind of cool to relive that. But yeah, like, so anyway, this song is not, I mean, it's not the song that people are playing when you go to the club all the time when someone requests a Prince song. Um, and Prince has so many, I mean, his, his, like you said, he's got so many good songs that everyone jams to. But for me, this song is like, speaks to my heart, speaks to my sweaty, sweaty heart. Um, the song, <laughs> the song is Black Sweat. And it's for, like, I'm very sweaty all the time. Like it's just the reality of living in my body and I've come to terms with it. My mom used to be like, that means you're healthy. And I was like, it means I'm an outcast mom. Okay, um, but like I, ha I had jo have tons of jokes about it when I first started because I would be doing comedy and I'd have like these huge sweat stains on my back, under my armpits, like cleavage sweat, like crotch sweat, like just, I sweat like nobody's business. It can be cold and I'm sweating. And like I said earlier, like I love, love, love to dance. And I have this real dilemma all the time because I dance like it's my job. Like I go on that dance floor, I'm like, I don't need the booze. I don't need a partner, move out of the way. Mama's on the floor. And um, and I, I sweat so, so, so much. And it was the, the first time I like really embraced it was when I went to Jamaica and I went to a dance hall dance and every single person walked in with a full length white towel in their back pocket because it's like there you're just grinding you're sweating and it's like sweat is sexy and like you just wipe your sweat off and you're just sweating on each other and i was literally like i've come home like i just <laughs> i'm finally like a sexy girl and not this like drowned rat at the club that no one wants to get close to it was wonderful yeah my my buddy cheese uh full name graham cheeseman um <laughs> he's a he's a bit of a metalhead and like whenever he would go to see like one of his favorite bands he wouldn't check a coat he would check his t-shirt <laughs> that's awesome because he would just be going in and he would just be moshing the whole time and then he would come out he would air dry and then he put a t-shirt on and he wouldn't be soaked right because then you're going to be cold when you go outside with your wet t-shirt if you don't do this that's that's very smart i wish i I wish I could have done that at the club Sundays, or just brought. I don't know, like, that was a suggestion. <laughs> but you know, like that literally, because I'm like, <laughs> some of the things women wear is basically like they check their coat, let's just, and maybe yeah, their yeah. pants as well. So, um, but yeah, it's a. This song is an inspiration to me to like, you know, Prince is an inspiration to just be your authentic, most authentic self. 
don't worry about how people are going to react because if you're authentic, people are going to love you. And then this song comes along and I'm like, this is my authentic self. <laughs> and the song is Black Sweat. Okay, so following on from Black Sweat. Maybe I should tell people if they don't know already, I'm black. If you're listening to this. <laughs> should I mention that? I guess I said I was born in Nigeria and half Nigerian, but I just want to clarify. I am a black woman, just so we're, we got it. We got it. Got it. Well, I mean, okay, so, so, so that's the moment I'm going to put on Instagram. Um, <laughs> I don't want people to be thinking like, this white lady's saying all black people sweat and she's being super racist. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Look at my face. Look at my hair. I'm a black woman. <laughs> all right. So moving on from black sweat. Who's um, that? The next song is Anita Ward. And to be honest, um, I don't have tons to say about Anita Ward because the only reason I know of Anita Ward is because of this song. Um, when I was probably about 14 or 15, I discovered disco and my life changed. I love, love, love disco. Anything that you can just like move around to and feel good, anything you can dance to on roller skates, I'm all about it. And disco was, when I first heard some like, you know, a couple different disco songs, I'm like, what is this magic, magic, yum, yum. And I went to the local HMV, which was a record CD shop in Canada. Yeah, yeah we had it so, here. Did you? Okay. I never knew what that stood for, HMV, and I didn't care. Uh, I his like, master's voice. Really? It was a-, a I wouldn't have gone as a black woman if it's, it's called his master's no, voice. No, 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 it's not that. <laughs> it was a reference to like one of the, it might have been one of the first ever audio recordings um and I, I, i'm probably bastardizing the story but um basically this the, the the dog that belonged to the person who made the recording would just stare at the gramophone because he oh, heard this is why voice. somebody's um the logo for some music company like isn't it is a is a dog staring dog, at look, looking at a gramophone that's the hmv logo oh see ours is different ours was like Ours was not that logo, but I'm sure it was the same company. It was like a neon, a big like 80s neon yeah. um, thing. But anyway, I went down to HMV. I went to the section that was labeled disco and I bought myself a, a compilation. Um, and this was one of the songs that was on the compilation. And I used to, like I still have the, the CD at my parents' place and it is, scratched to shit like it doesn't even play anymore i just keep it because i'm like it really was a pivotal moment for me um because it wasn't i mean it was music that like nobody i knew was listening to when i was i think maybe even like 13 or 14 but i moved to a school like so I, I grew up listening to like a lot of like african music and like motown and stuff and then i went to a school where it was a lot like i don't know it was, they were listening to like the beach boys which at the time wasn't even popular but like that's what this group of people was into so i was like okay and then I discovered disco. So I was like the only person I knew listening to this music. And I listened to this compilation CD over and over and over. And I know every word to every song on the CD. I think this is one of my skills in life is that I can just remember song lyrics forever. But um, this song in particular is so simple, but so catchy and so good. And I, I, there's this element of like sexuality as well in it, but it's very innocent and very like, kind of like cute, you know? Um, and inviting to somebody who wants to come on down. 
Uh, but I, I was singing, when I was playing it on this mixtape, I was singing it to my husband. And it's it's very domestic as well, I'm realizing. Because the whole the beginning of it is like, you sit down, relax, while I put away the dishes. And I'm like, wait a minute, no, 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 no. We will <laughs> equally put away the dishes together. And then, you know. Um, but yeah, I love it. It's just like a really good feel, feel good song. Uh, words are really easy to sing along to and remember because there are very few of them. Um, and the song is Ring My Bell. And it was very cute when I played it and sang it for my husband. He was like, they're talking about sex, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure they're talking about sex. <laughs> All right, so following on from Anita Ward, our next artist is... Lizzo. Um, I think this is possibly the most um, modern uh, <laughs> artist on here. Well, one of the few. Yeah, um, a lot of people raving about her right now but yeah. and, like, and I was aware of some of the singles and I'd seen like people going crazy for her at like uh, coverage of like festivals here in the UK yeah never really like make, taking the time to listen to her other stuff and then I listened to this track I was just like this is amazing yeah so she's got a lot of good songs um, just in general and a lot of songs that are getting a lot of play that are popular and being you know that people on the radio and whatnot um, and again, I think it's because she's a, a big black woman who owns her shit and is sexual and is, like loves her body and loves herself and does not take shit from anybody, which is wonderful and I think terrifying to certain people. Um, and she knows that and she just keeps pushing forward, which I also love. Yeah. So um, yeah, she's a, I'm a big fan. I sometimes, I mean, I should probably do one soon, but I used to go on what I called Lizzo walks and I called them my therapeutic Lizzo walks where I would just go by myself uh, for walks in my neighborhood. When I was pregnant, I did it a lot. and put in my headphones and would listen to a whole Lizzo album. And sometimes, you know, if you feel like depressed or just like down or blah or whatever it is, this is for me one of those albums where I can put it on from beginning to end. And by the end, I'm the crazy pregnant lady, like full on jamming down the street, like singing into cars and stuff like that. And it just is joyful. And it's like about love yourself. Don't worry about it. Pick yourself up, go out there. You are the best and everybody needs to hear that sometimes so for me Lizzo I really really love Lizzo and I love that energy of just loving yourself loving your body she's also a black woman so I'm like yeah <laughs> um you know it's just nice to have to have people owning exactly who they are um so and yeah I mean I love a lot I had a hard time deciding which song to put on I love worship me by her it's just I mean the idea of like just stand back and let me do my shit which is a line from that song I feel that as a comedian often, a female comedian, guys are like trying to always give me tips and tell me how to do things. And I'm like, yeah. uh, just you step back, let me go, let me do my thing. I, you know, I know my jokes, I know myself, I know how to perform. I love like, you know, my friends and people talking to me about like how we can add tags and stuff like that. But when I've had people after my albums come out and someone who I don't know who's a man, who's probably not even in comedy, who's like, hey, there was some funny bits. Can I give you some suggestions? 
can I keep trying, keep going? And I'm like, dude, like this is an album that was produced by all things coming. Bill Burr like introed me on it. Like, I'm like, I think I got some of this, you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, so I had a hard time deciding which song of hers I wanted to put on because I jammed to so many of them. Um, but this song in particular is just, for me, really, I feel it. I feel it in my bones. Um, the song is Water Me. And I think it's um, so beautiful. I just, I, I, I'm not very good with plants, but I have one orchid that I've brought back to life from a dry stick and now has three beautiful blooms on it. And I think about it sometimes because I'm like, uh, we're all plants, you know? We're all just like these organisms that need water and we need life and we need sunlight. And so we don't have to apologize for asking for that stuff. But at the same time, like I don't need, in this song she talks about, like, she's like, I don't need your negativity essentially. If you wanna come and add something to my life and water me and make me better, great, come on, come on, come on, water me. And if you don't, um, I'm good. And there's a line in there that I just, when I hear it, I go bonkers. And it's such a simple line, but she's just like, I am my inspiration, I am my inspiration. And she just says it again. And I literally, I'm like, oh, it's true. I have to be inspired by myself. I have to like get out there. Like, I'm gonna do this because I want to do it. It's not about other people. And I go, I go kind of berserk for it. But yeah, this is definitely a pump up, fill yourself, turn turn that frown upside down song for me. Okay, so this is? Water. I don't get dehydrated. I moisturize it daily. I am my inspiration. I am my inspiration. Now, this was probably the track that I enjoyed the most, I think. Really? Yeah. Wow. But this but this next artist is the most interesting. Oh. Because I, I, oh. I had not heard of her before, played the tune, and I was like, I need to know who this person is. Yes. So tell me okay. about who this is. So this is Begonia, and I know her. Um, personally, because we are both from the same hometown of Winnipeg in Canada. She is, um, even if she wasn't a singer, even if she never got on stage, she's one of those people where when they're in, when she's in a room, everyone's like, who that? I'm not like, she's like engaging. She, you wanna, everyone gravitates towards her because she's so interesting. She is just who she is. I always said like, she could easily have been a stand-up comedian. She's one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. Um, and then you hear her open her mouth and sing, and it's like, it's insane. Like this song is one of my absolute favorite songs just in general right now, but it doesn't even do her justice for her actual voice and her talent. So if you hear the song and you like anything about it, go check out her, her stuff. And if you ever get a chance to see her live, I cannot stress enough. Like if you don't have enough money, message me, I will send you a $10 bill. Like go see her, I will help fund you to go see her because she's so phenomenal live. And it's almost impossible to imagine how good her voice feels live when you hear it on a track. And it sounds amazing on these tracks, but when you hear her live, it's like gonna blow you away. Um, but yeah, she she's based in Canada. She's now getting, well, before all the shutdown, she was getting a lot of uh, momentum for festivals. And um, I think she was like talking with different people about partnerships because she's just one of those 
stars that like didn't fall from the sky, like decided to come down and join us for a while. And people, as soon as you see her, they know it. Um, and she's got a lot of great songs. This album is her newest, this is song is from her newest album and it's phenomenal. And her album before this was phenomenal as well. But this song for me is like, if, I don't know if it's just comedians or entertainers, but I think everyone goes through self-doubt obviously. And like feeling like maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not, you know, right for this or maybe I'm not doing it right. Um, and we never, it's not like something we talk about a lot. Uh, if you see someone, someone says, how are you? And you say, fine, and you move on. Um, you know, even for comedians, when you're at a show, no one's like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. Oh my God, it's just like, <laughs> you know, you're talking, you're chilling, and then you go up on stage and you come down. But this song like calls it out. She's just talking about the feelings that we all push away. And she's singing about it and talking about it. And it's like, when you see her perform this live, it's almost like she has a breakdown on stage with like her, her voice is coming through her heart and like out of her throat, it's amazing. Um, so the song is called Fear and it's uh, it's gonna blow your socks off if you listen to this, the rest of the album in, in conjunction with the song and where it comes in the album. Um, and I specifically placed it at this point in my mixtape because I feel like it's kind of like this move from, okay, we're, you know, we're starting off with some Proud Mary, we start slow, we go fast, and we get to like a party song, and like Sam could, we're just kind of building up the party. And this is at the part of the party where you're just like, you know, like maybe you've had one too many drinks, maybe you've just like danced your ass off, whatever it is, but you're like at the peak, you're at like the party peak. A and, switch um, has been flicked, and, yes, and now yes. it's gonna fucking happen. It's on now, like this is that thing where you, it's like letting go of those fears though. Like she talks about it and she names those fears. And then once you do, it's like, now they're gone and I can just continue on without those holding me back, which is, I think, lovely. I used to sing this when I was pregnant, but like, sometimes I would end up crying. Sometimes I'd be like on my knees on the ground, like full on and my husband's like, are you okay? Like what is happening in the bathroom right now? Um, but it's, yeah, it's a very let loose, let loose kind of song, which I love. All right, so now we get to your number nine. Yes. And originally you put forward a different track for this. I know, I was so conflicted specifically for this spot in the Okay, in the so the, the track you were gonna put in was? Mm -hmm. It's called Birthday by the Hypnotic Brass Ensemble. Okay, which so. Which is a group of brothers who played like jazz. Okay, so why, why take it out? Okay, so this is a song. The reason I took it out was because I felt like at this part, literally at this part of the mixtape, I'm like, the, the flip was switched. Now we're letting go. Now we're going into the party. We need one more song to take us past, <laughs> past the peak where you're just like, you fall over the edge because the last song is for me, like the aftermath, you know? Okay, because I always like to ask if somebody 
goes comes back to me goes actually no take that out and put this in and mm -hmm. and, and just the the fact that you've put this much thought into it mm -hmm. i love it and in, and <laughs> now it makes sense yeah right yeah, yeah. okay this so is who, like so who a have journey actually, so who have you actually put in i've actually put in dmx and um, I'm definitely not like a, a hip hop head. Like my brother is a hip hop artist, so he knows everything there is to know about hip hop from like the 80s and the 90s and like moving on to today. Um, and I didn't really listen to a ton of DMX or, or a ton of what was then hard rap, you know, like this would have been considered hard rap back then, um, more so than even than today. But um, this song to me actually comes up more so in my university years when I would be out on the lash um, full on. Like I played sport, I played varsity soccer in university and so I feel like it was a real lifestyle of like work really really hard and I was a good student, I had good grades, I worked really hard at that. So when I went out, like I went out, like I was out all night, I danced, I was sweaty, I got like you know a Whopper with cheese at like three in the morning and then woke up the next morning to go train again. Like I was like full on. Um, and for me, this song is one of those songs that around that time, um, when they would play this a lot, it was the, like, <laughs> I should have gone home three drinks ago and I have to wake up early, but fuck it. You know, like this is the fuck it song where you're just like, it's happening, we're partying, we're having a good time. And it's like, this is, these are the kind of songs that I love because I don't know every word to this. Um, and the only ones that I consistently always knew and got excited to sing are always the dirtiest, the dirtiest, worst lines always are the ones where I was like, cause I gotta get my dick sucked. Like, I'm like, I don't have a penis, but I sang that line every single time. Wanted to like, I would like stop everyone from doing everything so I could sing that loudly. And then I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, as I was saying, I'll have a vodka, thank you, uh, you know. So for me, this is like that just over the apex when like you probably should have finished with like, you know, finished half an hour ago, gotten the taxi, gotten home. And you know now nothing good is gonna come of your night like it's just it's over it's downhill but you're still like i'll deal with it tomorrow like this is that song for me and the name of it's very appropriate <laughs> yeah yeah completely so this is this is party up by dmx all right so following on from dmx we find ourselves at, at your final track my final track oh, i can't believe we've come this far together um <laughs> and this this artist is very very special personally to my heart um charles bradley is um He's now passed away, but he is just this amazing, there's documentaries made about him. He's got this amazing life where he, you know, at points was homeless. Um, he used to be a James Brown cover artist in New York. He was estranged from his mother, lived on a subway when he was like 16 years old. Like just like has had this really tough life. His brother was murdered. And I um, used to host a big music festival in my hometown that attracted artists from like all over the world. And I hosted uh, the very first year I hosted was 2015, I think. And this was the year that Charles Bradley like broke. And he went from um, being somebody who was not known outside of New York and outside of certain clubs in New York for being um, a James Brown impersonator, an amazing James Brown impersonator who would like have the chocolate, chocolate thunder, I think was his 
something like that. But he performed at a certain club every single week and had a huge following. And then he went to Daptone Records and was like, I want to make an album. I want to, you know, create something that's my own and is not just uh, covers. And I think at the time he was like 62 years old. So this is like mind blowing to me because he was just like, this is the time, this is the time when I come out. And they heard him sing and they were like, yep, we'll do that, let's do it. Yeah. And Daptone still, they do reel to reel. So they have like, they have the warmth and they collect all of the tones. Like you hear on old records, it's not digitized so that they can then digitize it. But if you get the records from Daptone, they sound amazing because they are the full range of the tone. So when you hear Charles Bradley on record, it's like your heart melts inside. Um, and he's just a person who, like, he sings from his soul. And so I hosted this big music festival and that he was one of the performers. I and mean, he wasn't even the headliner. He was, like, sort of midway through the evening. Um, and he went up and he performed. And, like, it was like, you know, when you see those the, the footage back in the day when the Beatles landed somewhere and people yeah. would be pushing to the gates. People were doing that for him, crying, like, bawling. This is somebody who, up until this point, was not some sort of international, you know, well-known, famous singer. But he was playing and you want, you just, it's like being in church. Even if you're not religious, it's like you want to be in church with him. You want to feel him. He's like the universe or God or whatever you want to call it, like going through a person. Um, and then he went down into the crowd of like, you know, 50,000 people, maybe not that many, but like 30,000 people. And he was like hugging people. Like, and there's another band that's going on. And everyone's like, forget the band, let's hug Charles Bradley. And he hugged every single person who wanted to hug him. And then when he came backstage, he and I chatted and he was just like this. He's like a child in a way where he's so innocent and wonderful and like just pure. But then he had all this hardship he had gone through. So he just like, it traveled through his body. Um, but I ended up dating uh, his, one of his um, saxophone players uh, after that for a while. So I ended up going on the road a couple of times with Charles Bradley and the band and got to know him and like, just, I adored that man. He was so wonderful and like beautiful, a beautiful soul. Um, I was at his house for his birthday party where he cooked a meal for every single person um, when Obama won um, his second term. So it was really like a phenomenal time of life, you know? So, um, but, and the song, this song in particular too, of all the music that he had. So the guy who, played sax for him, who's an amazing saxophone um, player, an amazing guy, he's wonderful. Um, he used to sing this song for me because it's so romantic and so lovely, but it's really about like opening up your heart to accept love. And for me at the time, I was very like closed hearted. I was like, I don't want like, you know, I don't want to get close to anybody. I don't want to be in this stuff. And it was the first time where I actually like allowed myself to just be vulnerable and like be in a relationship and open it up and let, like, like the lyric says, let somebody in. Um, so it was a real turning point for me you know, he and I didn't work out, but uh, now with my husband, it made me, it made, feels like it was a turning point to like lead me to where I am now as far as like the love that I feel for the man I'm with now. Um, but yeah, it just very much opened up my heart. And the, one of the first dates that Josh, my now husband and I were gonna go on was to go see Charles Bradley live in Los Angeles. I got the tickets and I was like, you gotta see this guy, it's amazing. We may see my ex-boyfriend there, no big deal, but like, let's go, it's gonna be great. And it was the first show that got canceled when he found out he had cancer. Um, so it was really like a tragic time. Um, and then he passed away not long afterward. So, um, so yeah, it was just like a hard, like sad loss to have Charles Bradley 
passed away. And then also Sharon Jones is on the same album for Dactone and she passed away as well. It was just like a really tragic time, but these amazing musicians and Charles Bradley for me is just a part of my heart and a part of my soul. And like this song in particular, like opened me up to being accept accepting and vulnerable for love. Okay, so this is? This is Loving You Baby by Charles Bradley. Okay, so for the benefit of anyone who is discovering you for the first time in this podcast, mm -hmm. um, why don't you tell the listener the best place to find you and what you do? So my name is Aisha Alpha, and I am a stand-up comedian and actor. Um, I have a website, AishaAlpha.com. Alpha is spelled with an F, like the car, not the PH, like the letter. And... Um, all of my social media, luckily, is just my name, Aisha Alpha. So Instagram, Twitter, everything. Uh, and you can find me there. My album, All the Parts, just came out on May 8th of 2020 and is my journey of being a mixed race, independent, badass woman who tried never to get married or have a kid and then recently failed and is super happy about it. So uh, <laughs> it's a good time. It's the first album I put out after doing comedy for um, a sweet decade. And I'm really, really proud of it. Um, and yeah, now you have even more insight to who I am with this mixtape, which came from the absolute middle of my soul, you know, the real, the real bless, journey. Bless you for, for putting that effort in and thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me on. This is so, such a brilliant idea for a podcast. Um, and I love the way you do it, where we reveal the song last. It's like a little, like a little game. So, that concludes this week's episode. We've deliberately kept the music played below the conversation because we believe that all musicians should be paid something for what they do. So if you'd like to listen to the mixtape in full, you can find it on Apple Music or Spotify by clicking the links in the show notes of this episode. Or you can find and follow the Facebook page Mixtapes with Mike and I'll share those links on the post that announces this episode. If you've enjoyed the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would share it on your social media with anyone you think would enjoy it. It would mean even more if you would leave us a positive review on iTunes, as that will help us reach a larger audience. But in the meantime, I'll see you next week for another episode of Mixtapes with Mike. <laughs>